Whoa. What the? I'm Spider-Man. I need you to come with Who me. Who the heck are you? I, I just told you that. Listen, listen. I'm from the future. How dare you point at me? You, you were pointing first. Rude to point. You're being very rude. You're... Hello, you beautiful nerds. Let's talk about good guys. I did the super villains list, and it'd be messed up not to invite the good guys to the party, right? Same rules as before. The list can contain one character over multiple films, but not multiple universes. Like, I couldn't say Batman from the Dark Knight trilogy and the Tim Burton flicks, but I could say Spider-Man from all three Raimi movies. Anyway, let's talk about what we're talking about. Number 10, Superman. Christopher Reeve's Superman is iconic. I mean, I really like Henry Cavill, and I don't think it's his fault that his movies suck, but these these movies are where they really do their homework and make Clark an interesting and empathetic character. Chris plays the character with such a kind and gentle nature. Superman 2 used to be my favorite when I was a kid because Superman actually has someone to physically fight, but the first movie does so much great groundwork with the character of Clark and establishing his motivations and desires. The way he learns how to be a hero from the death of his dad is heartbreaking and says so much about who Superman is and why he does what he does. Superman 1 and 2 do a lot of great things to develop him into a strong hero and most most of that is lost in the Zack Snyder films. But that's uh, another video. The first two movies are great. I mean, Superman 2 is still one of my favorite superhero movies. But wow, Superman 3 was dumb. And Superman 4 is hilariously awful. Number 9, Blade. I remember seeing Blade in theaters as a wee boy and being confused. I was like, I feel like I've seen this character before. Then as I looked over at the Blade poster displayed on the movie theater wall, I stared at the tiny type until I saw this logo. It's a comic book movie, people. I wasn't a huge fan of the character Blade, but I remembered him from the comics and the Spider-Man animated series. This was before the MCU. This is before Spider-Man. This was even before X-Men. The first Blade movie was absolutely amazing, and the sequel, directed by Oscar winner Guillermo del Toro, was only an improvement. He drops a few spots because Wesley Snipes does an impression of a sleepy, insane person in Blade Trinity and makes that movie not so much fun to watch, which is a shame because he's responsible for a lot of what makes his character so great in the first two films. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Number 8, Deadpool. Is the mask muffling my voice? Ryan Reynolds has become synonymous with Deadpool. Not only is he perfect casting for the role, he has an incredible passion for the character. Deadpool is one of my favorite lovable assholes in movie history. He's got that whole say mean things in a funny way so we can't help but love him thing going on, but the cherry on top of the comedy in these films is Deadpool breaking the fourth wall. It makes sense that the guy is so insane and narcissistic that he would disassociate his actions by assuming that he's in a movie. And it totally works because obviously sleep he is in the movie and it just makes for some amazingly funny moments he does drop a few spots because he's not as good of a hero as he is a character the way the world sees us the way we but Ryan's performance and the utter originality of the character secures his spot on the list Logan what kind of a name is Wolverine my name's Logan Hugh Jackman has definitely had the longest tenure as a superhero. You think RDJ has been Iron Man for a long time? Try spending 17 years playing a guy who doesn't age and is constantly ripped. So he's been working out constantly and eating nothing but egg whites for like two decades. The character has always had a gruff exterior because of his traumatic past, but in most of his movies, there's a character that's trying to break through those emotional walls that Logan has built up around himself. His relationship with Rogue and then later with Laura is reminiscent to a story like The Professional or the classic Lone Wolf. 
werewolf and cub. These kind and innocent characters love and care for him and refuse to give up on his humanity, even if being alive for a long ass time and doing fucked up shit has made him give up on himself. As pessimistic as Wolverine is, he still is kind hearted. Though he acts like he doesn't give a shit and works really hard not to, he regularly steps in between the danger and the downtrodden because he knows he can take it. Okay, yes, the character has been in some bad movies like some really bad movies. But somehow the character of Wolverine remains unscathed. Jackman is a tremendous actor and the fact that he was able to believably pivot from this to this is a true testament to his range, screen presence, and his commitment to the role. Wonder Woman. I loved this movie. I thought it was going to be a piece of shit because DC didn't have a great track record at that point. Wonder Woman was one of the few things I liked about Batman vs Superman. But then when she got her own flick, Gal Gadot, Patty Jenkins, and the writing crew crafted a beautiful character. There are so many characters who are the quintessential badass that are never really that nice. They're usually kind of assholes. Lovable assholes maybe, but still. Dad went to and let him get scratchers. I, I guess he won because that was six years ago. Hmm. Which happens, dads leave. No need to be a pussy about it. Here's what I need. Other than maybe saving the world or whatever, they're not kind to people. But Diana is different. She's nice to everyone. She's so optimistic and kind and thoughtful while still being a badass. She can clear a room full of bad guys with the best of them. But so can Batfleck, and that character is a fucking dickhead. That's not what makes Diana great. What makes her great is that she exudes love and is an inspiration to those around her to be the best version of themselves. It's why I'm not sure what scene in this movie is my favorite. The scene at No Man's Land, or the scene where she eats ice cream for the first time. It's wonderful. Yeah. You should be very proud. Thank you very much. And I'm very curious to see what happens in Wonder Woman 1984. We're just, we're not going to talk about Justice League. I don't want to get, I mean, I mean, we're having fun. Black Panther. I already mentioned in my supervillains list how much I lost it when I saw Black Panther for the first time. And I also mentioned that Killmonger is a more interesting character in that movie. But that doesn't mean that T'Challa is boring. He has a great arc and is kind of the only superhero I can think of that changes his mind and agrees with the villain. And even though he's not in Civil War that much, his arc and his introduction film is pretty great. He goes from a rage-filled prince seeking vengeance to a tempered king bringing a murderer to justice while three other superheroes slug it out over daddy issues in the other room. Chadwick Boseman doesn't get enough love for his portrayal as T'Challa either. The work he did to perfect his dialect before they even started shooting Civil War is incredible. I mean, have you heard what the dude's normal voice sounds like? And so I went to South Africa and I, I wanted to find something that I felt like fit a protagonist and so I ended up uh selling on South African Osa. And so because that worked in Civil War, now we have a whole movie with everybody speaking in that. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the second most gangster thing someone will say in a Marvel movie. So I ask you, as both warrior and king, how long do you think you can keep your friends safe from me? Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Number four, Iron Man. Iron Man's first flick started the MCU back in 2009, and none of this would be possible if Tony Stark wasn't such a likable son of a bitch. I mean, he's not totally heartless. <laughs> but the dude is a pretty big jerk. And he's a rich jerk, so his awful actions have consequences that affect, like, a lot of people. Like, he built a robot that destroyed a country. I mean, he's such a big dick that he learns a lesson and gets better every movie, and he's still a total piece of shit until, like, Infinity War. But it's also a wonderful journey to witness. He learns to stop being so oblivious and use his privilege for good. He stops living in the shadow of his father. He learns how to be a real hero from the guy he's hated his entire life life. He has a bout with PTSD, realizes the value of people versus things, and he even solves time 
travel and invents an element even though it's like like it's like how did he do that even though i don't like iron man 2 and iron man 3 is fine the character of tony stark has such an interesting tale and downey's performance is addictive like i can't take my eyes off the screen when he's doing his thing tony is the backbone of the mcu and i guess that makes nick fury the brain and colson is like the t-shirt you wear every day until you get tired of it he is integral to the mcu but and i know you guys are going to be mad at me for saying this he's not the best hero in the mcu that honor goes to i'm gonna do this all day I can do this all day. I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. Number three, Captain America. I really, 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 really like Tony Stark. And I like his relationship with Steve even more. But I fucking love Captain America. I think he might be my favorite character in the MCU. And I think it's because he's such a fucking weird character. Narratively, I mean. He doesn't really have an arc throughout the entire MCU. But that's mainly because he doesn't need one. And it kind of wouldn't make any sense if he did. You see, in his first movie, puny Steve Rogers is already the nicest, most selfless person in the world. That's why the experiment works so well. So you take the most morally good guy ever who's willing to fight for what's right no matter what the cost and then you inject him full of super serum that makes him even better in every way. It's not going to make sense if he has a crisis of character. One of his powers is super morality. So what happens instead is that he becomes more aware of the world around him and how ethically compromised the establishments he's found comfort in have become. Steve slept through 1968 and Watergate and Richard Clark apologizing to the American people. I went under. The world was at war. I wake up, they say we won. They didn't say what we lost. He also slept through iPhones and reality TV, so he hasn't been lulled into complacency like the rest of America. He's getting a crash course in all the atrocities the country he represents had a hand in. He's like Lilu in The Fifth Element after she Googles war, except his response is to change the world for the better rather than give up on it. I mean, in every movie, he rebels against an establishment that he feels has been morally compromised. He rebels against the army, he dismantles S.H.I.E.L.D., he breaks up the Avengers, and he tells William Hurt to go fuck himself. And he does it all in the service of others, which is why I think I think I love it so much when he finally has a moment of selfishness and decides to enjoy the life he missed out on. Tony's journey through the MCU is incredible and his first movie started this whole superhero movie fanfare, but Cap is just simply the most heroic hero in all of the MCU. Number two, Spider-Man. Okay, I'm cheating with this one a little bit. There are so many Spider-Man in this movie and I'm including them all. I do really like Tom Holland as Spidey and I love two out of three of the Raimi Spider-Man movies, even though Toby as Peter is but Into the Spider-Verse is hands down the best Spider-Man movie. We're introduced to the quintessential Spider-Man at the beginning of the movie. He's funny, he's wise, and he's oozing with confidence. When you think of Spidey, this is who you picture. He's up with all the adventures of the comic books and movies that you love and the ones that you hate. He's the perfect Spider-Man. And then he dies. Enter Miles Morales. And Miles has an amazing story too. An Afro-Latino teenager with a cop for a dad and a nurse for a mom. I mean, he's obviously been taught the importance of doing the right thing. But also his relationship between Miles' dad and his uncle show how drastically past can diverge. I honestly wasn't a big fan of the idea of Miles when he was introduced in the comics. Mostly because I didn't want them to kill off Peter because I love Peter. I grew up with Peter. And also I always felt that creating new black and female characters was more creative and less pandering than just changing the race or gender of an existing character. But fuck all that for now because the character of Miles is great. He's a sweet kid but he's not just black Peter Parker. He has his own style and his own character. His backstory is fun and inspiring and the costume is clean as fuck. Throw in Peter B. Parker, Gwen Stacy, Penny Parker, Spider-Man Noir, and the rest of the gang, this was the best Spider-Man movie featuring my second favorite cinematic superhero of all time. Number one, Batman. 
Mask of the Phantasm. Okay, let me explain. I love Batman. The guy is my favorite superhero ever. He's probably always gonna be number one on my list no matter what. But which is the best Batman? Is it George Clooney? No, it's it's not George Clooney. Everyone pretty much considers the Dark Knight trilogy to be amazing, and I do too. But it's not my favorite characterization of Batman. And this is no fault of Bale or even Christopher Nolan. They just went a different way with the character. And again, that way was fantastic. But as I have told you guys before, Kevin Conroy is my fucking guy. I was so frustrated when I was putting this list together because I kept thinking, I wish I could put Batman from the animated series on this list. I mean, he's clearly the best Batman. Then I remembered that my guy has his own feature-length film that released in theaters on Christmas of 93. And the movie is actually really fucking good. In case you've never seen it, the film kind of plays out like Batman Begins does, where it takes place over two different timelines. It's half origin story and half new adventure with a new villain. A serial killer is in Gotham hunting down a lot of high-level gangsters, and everyone thinks it's Batman because their costumes kind of look like but not really. Not only does Bruce have to figure out who the fuck this serial killer is, he has to do this while the cops are after him. And not in a cute way. The cops are straight up trying to murder Batman. Oh, and just for shits and giggles, we get a fucking sick Joker performance that comes out of nowhere because you genuinely don't think he's gonna be in this movie. But it's not about him or the Phantasm or Andrea Beaumont. The movie's all about Batman. Even with this rich collection of characters, Bruce never feels outshined. The way they display Batman's strengths and his weaknesses, his doubts, and his loneliness was incredibly moving and gives you a better insight into Bruce Wayne's psyche than any other single Batman film. You still following your dad's orders? The way I see it, the only one in this room controlled by his parents is you. And when you add on top of that that it's the same Batman from Batman the Animated Series and Justice League and this movie and this movie and this movie, I can't imagine calling anyone but Batman from Mask of the Phantasm the best movie superhero ever. Okay, that's it. Thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you haven't already. Let me know if there's anything else you guys want to talk about. Stay safe, my little superheroes, and may the force be with you.